take our Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And, um, you know, uh, I want to read just one verse, and there's a great principle. And I'll give you several uh, verses that say the same thing. Brother Polly mentioned how the Bible's all connected. And uh, these principles and truths in God's Word, they just repeat themselves over and over and over again. And God does that to help us remember uh, these great truths in His Word. And uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse number 34, that'll be our text verse, okay? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, if you've got it, say, Glory to God! Alright, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, the Bible says... Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Begin. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, um, we've had great activities, Lord. We've had great times of fellowship together. God, you've uh, allowed these youth groups to travel to be here, and um, Lord, it's been good. We're so thankful for the effort and the work that this church has put to the, towards the meeting. Lord, I know that their, their prayer request, what they really desire, is for you to do a work in the hearts of young people. Lord, they desire you to, to move. And Lord, I know that school is going to be starting for some in just a few weeks and uh, another year. Another chapter of their life is going to be written. And I know that it's the desire of the youth workers and the pastor here, Lord, to to start the school year with a great spiritual charge. Lord, to start the school year excited about um, serving you. And as Brother Polly preached, excited about, uh, Lord, being the link, passing the torch. And so, God, I pray that you would help us. Lord, I know that uh, when I was the, the same age as these young people, Lord, that one of the things that I struggle with so often is, Lord, wanting to do right, wanting to live the life that I knew you want me to live. But God, being able to do that, and I pray that the message would be very practical today, very helpful. And Lord, that your spirit would be in this place. We need you, especially right now, God. I need you. And I pray that you would help us. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... I don't know what you struggle with. I don't know what sin that you struggle with. How many of you are glad that everybody doesn't know what you struggle with, right? Are you glad for that? But I know this. Every person in this room has something that they struggle with. Every person in this room struggles with sin. Now, that may come as a shock to you, but I was reading the Bible, and I was reading about the Apostle Paul. You won't believe how the Apostle Paul described himself. In one place, the Apostle Paul, you know, the guy that wrote the book of the Bible, reading 1 Corinthians, he described himself this way. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. He was talking about how he struggled, and, and that was that passage where he said, hey, you know what, the things that I want to do, I don't do those things. And the things that I don't want to do, I always find myself doing it. And he said, oh, wretched man that I am. That's a great passage of Scripture. In that same passage, he said, you know what makes me want to do wrong? Someone telling me not to do it. (laughs) Have you ever walked past a wall and the sign said wet paint? What did you want to do? I don't know about you, but my first thing is, I want to touch it. Right? Or And uh, if someone ever says to you, hey, whatever you do, don't look behind that door. It's something inside of me just wants to look behind that door. 
And Paul said, you know, I'm that way. When, when, when I read in the Bible and God says don't do something, for some reason, my rebellious spirit comes, I want to do it. He said it in another place. He said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. So, I don't know what you struggle with, but how many of you agree with me? Everybody in this room struggles with something. We all have things that we struggle with, absolutely. Uh, John, he was writing, and John's the one that, when, when Jesus was there at the Last Supper, John's the one that laid his head right there. He heard the heartbeat of the Savior. Can you imagine that? Just hearing the, the heartbeat of Jesus. And he laid his head right there. And as great of a man as John, the Apostle John was, here's what John said. He said, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. You know what John was admitting? I'm a sinner just like y'all. Somebody say amen right there. So we all have things that we struggle with. I heard about one lady and she struggled with pride. And, and, and I mean, she was just so prideful and uh, she died, went to heaven and she said, God, I'm too young to die. I still have so much life to live. And God said, okay, I'll give you 15 more years. And so she woke up on the, on the, uh, in the hospital bed and she said, this is amazing. So she went to the plastic surgeon and she got a facelift. And then she went to the, she said, I've got 15 more years to live. I want to look good in these 15 years. And then she went to the hairdresser. She got her hair colored, perm, primp, cut, snipped and everything else. And then she went to the mall and she got a whole new wardrobe and she was leaving the mall. She stepped off the curb on the road and a truck hit her and killed her. She went to heaven. She said, God, what happened? He said, I didn't recognize you anymore. I didn't know who you were. And how many of you know that we all, there's, we all have things that we struggle with. We all have things that, uh, I'll tell you this. You remember Noah? Great guy. You know Noah? I mean, Noah was a, he's the guy that built it. You know what Noah did? He got drunk. Remember David? David, uh, he committed adultery. Uh, Peter one time got mad and he, he, he cursed a young, young maid and he said, I don't know Jesus Christ. He denied Christ. Jonah, great man in our Bible, he ran from God. Gideon made an idol. Jacob lied to his dad. Sarah laughed at God. I mean, every great character in the Bible had something that they struggled with. They struggled with. And if you're in this room and, and you're like me and you're, you're made of flesh like all of us, we all have things that we struggle with. There's a great preacher. His name was D.L. Moody. And one time D.L. Moody was preaching and he was getting ready for, to have a big revival in his city. And he had all the church people. Everybody with me? The church people. Y'all with me? And they were all gathered there. They were going to have a prayer meeting for the revival for all the lost sinners to get saved. And I'm even agree with me. That's a good thing to do. And D.L. Moody was looking at that crowd and he said, I'll tell you what we need to do before we start praying for sinners to get saved is we all need to come to the altar and confess our sins to God. How many of you agree that's a good thing to do? So everybody in the church got up and they got around the altar. There's this one guy sitting back there with his arms crossed. There's always one in every crowd. And D.L. Moody was bold. He said, sir, why, why aren't you coming forward and confessing your sins? And the guy said, I can't think of any right now. And D.L. Moody said, well, why don't you come down here and guess? And D.L. Moody said he guessed right the first time. And how many of you know, we may like to look good where we are. We may think that, oh man, I'm, I'm in the youth group or I'm, I'm a youth worker and, and I'm, I'm better than most people. But how many of you know we all have things we struggle with? And, and I love what this passage says. Look at what this passage says. And if you like to underline in your Bible, look in verse 30, 34. It says, awake to righteousness and, what's the next two words? And what? Alright, look at it again. Verse 34. Awake to righteousness and what? I got a question for you. How are you doing with those two words? <laughs> How are you doing? Are, 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 you, are you batting a thousand? Are, do you have a hundred A plus? If you're like most of us, 
We all struggle. And you know what the Bible says here? The Bible says that the key to sin not is awake to righteousness. In other words, the Bible says is, is if you, if righteousness is, is, is doing right. And the Bible saying if you'll do right, you won't do wrong. And a lot of people, they struggle with doing wrong. And they say, well, I tell you what, I, I don't want to sin anymore. And they're like the Apostle Paul. The things that I, I would not do, those things that I do, but I, I don't like doing that. I feel wretched sometimes. I, I feel like the chiefest sinner sometimes. And, and Lord, what's the secret? What's the key to me living the life that you want me to live? And the Apostle Paul says, and the Holy Spirit says, look at me. Awake to righteousness and sin not. In other words, if you want to, if you want to not do wrong, then don't ever stop doing right and get right in your life. Uh, James 4, 17. I've, I've read this verse when I was first, uh, started preaching and I said, Lord, what does that verse mean? But James says this, says, for him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Think about that verse. If you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit knows, God knows, that the first thing the devil has to do to before you do wrong is to get you to stop doing right. If the devil can ever get you to stop doing right, he can get you to start doing wrong. The Bible says it another way like this in the book of James. It says, every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. He's drawn away. In other words, what does the devil do when he tempts you? What's the first thing he does? He gets you to stop doing right. Get you to stop doing right. Um, so, uh, Daniel chapter 4. Daniel was talking to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he's a prideful, wicked guy. And uh, Daniel has this dream. And the dream is so bad for Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel says, sir, I don't want to tell you the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar says, tell me the dream anyways. And the dream is a judgment on Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel says, sir, here's the dream. But if you'll just get right with God, if you'll just break off your sins by righteousness, if you'll start doing right, you don't have to have that pride in your heart. See, every one of us has something that we struggle with. And we all have that thing that we want to, we don't want to do, but it just seems to always bother us. And you know, the Bible says the key to that is to, is to fill your life with right. To fill your life with right. All right, got a question for you. You've been here Friday. Many of you drove to get here. You drove with your youth group. You were here Friday night. You're here this morning. And if you're honest with yourself, you said, you know, I haven't struggled with Sin in my life, like I normally do, when you're in an environment like this. Why is that? Because your life is filled with good things. Man, you've been around preaching. You've been around singing. You've been around good friends. And it's hard to get pulled away by bad friends when you're sitting next to a good friend. Somebody say amen. And you know that. That's a, it's a great principle in God's Word. And the truth of the matter is, is, is as you pour the Word of God in your life and, and you pour things. Hey, you remember Brother Polly's illustration? Remember what he said? He said, most youth groups... Their spiritual chart goes like this, right? Starts down here and it goes right up to summer camp, right? And then it goes down the rest of the year. How many of you remember that? Why is that? Well, when you're at summer camp, what are you doing? Good. Righteousness. Living for God. And when you're doing those things, uh, your spiritual barometer goes up. So the key to victory is replacement. Learning to take good in your life. Put, fill your life with good things. Fill your life with good things. You know, the Bible says it this way. Be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So we have to replace with the good things. Now, go- godly desires. Godly desires. I got an illustration. All right, so uh, I was thinking about this in the Bible. Uh, Adam and Eve. Don't you love that story? Adam and Eve 
they had one commandment. One thing. You remember that? God said, I'm going to put you in this garden of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree that's in the midst of the garden thou shalt not eat, for in the day thou eatest of thou shalt surely die. All right, look at me. Their entire Bible. Look at your Bible. Look at your Bible. You got your Bible? Look at it. Their entire Bible is 39 words. Can you imagine that? You could memorize the Bible in one afternoon. I memorized the Bible today. Think about that. Adam and Eve had one commandment. And their one commandment was, was, was 39 words. And God said, that's it. All right, do it. You, enjoy the garden. Enjoy everything. This is paradise. Everything's wonderful. You've got one commandment. You've got 39 words. Just do those things and, and we'll be all right. And guess what? They blew it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what church was like, by the way? Think about their, their church service. One, one thing they've got to remember is don't eat the bad fruit, right? And that's their whole church service. Imagine Adam getting up and preaching church. All right, everybody take your Bibles and turn with me to the only verse in our Bible. And I want to preach to you today on thou shalt not eat the bad fruit. And I mean, little Eve sitting there and she's got her hands crossed and she's looking up, smiling at him, saying amen. I guess she's saying amen. And Adam, Adam's going, my text today is the entire Bible. I'm preaching the whole Bible. And my message is, is God doesn't want us to eat the bad fruit. And that wouldn't have been a long service, right? I can just see him. Can't you see him preaching? I mean, I can see him stomping and snorting and sweating and hollering and waving a hanky and saying, I'm telling you what, you better never, never, never eat the bad fruit. And he's like, okay, I got it. I got it when I memorized it. I can see it. I can see him quoting verses. He that eats bad fruit is like the troubled sea. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto and not eating the bad fruit? I can just see him, right? I can hear him preaching. I can hear him getting excited about it. I can hear him say, listen, as long as I'm pastor here, we'll never, never, never eat any bad fruit. But guess what Eve did? She ate the bad fruit. She ate the fruit that God told her not to eat. And um, I, I mean, I, 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 I can't get it. Watch, I brought some fruit here. Okay. And I want to see if you can. I need a couple of people to help me out. Anybody want to help me out? Will you, you help me out? All right. Will you help me out? All right. Good. Will you help me out? All right, anybody over here want to help me out over here? All right, help me out, and you'll help me out. Come on up here. I think I've got enough. I need y'all to be some fruit for me, okay? Come on up here to the platform, okay? And uh, all right, we got the famous apple. You want to be the apple? You be the apple right here. Now, you need to be an apple tree. I want you to hold the, the fruit up. There you go. That's a good tree. Now, you're going to have to hold it for a while, so don't get too carried away. All right, who, wants, who likes grapes? You want to be a grape? All right, come over here, grape. All right, you're going to be my grape. All right, here we go. Let's see here. All right, hope these are good. Now, let's see. All right, there you go. There's my grapes. Hold them up over here. Stand over here. All right, very, very good. All right, and I need somebody to be a peach. Will you be my peach? All right, very good. All right, stand right over here. You be my peach. All right, and uh, here, I got uh, another one for you there. All right, there you go. All right, and then I need somebody to be a plum. All right, you want to be a plum? All right. You come over here and you be my plum. All right, here you go. There you go. You be my plum. All right, and I want you to be my banana. Will you be my banana? Come on up here. And uh, my banana needs to be right here. Okay, is everybody with me? All right, here you go. All right, and then you're going to be the bad fruit. The thing that tempts me worse than anything. The thing that I struggle with more than anything. Are you ready? He's going to be a Twix tree. Okay. All right, come on up here. Can you be my Twix tree? Come on up here. 
And I want you to stand right here in the middle so I can really preach hard at you, okay? All right, so they've got all... I mean, think about this. They're in the garden. It's a, is everybody with me? It is a perfect place. It's nice. I mean, it's never hot like it is right now. Somebody say amen. I mean, it's beautiful outside. The weather's always a perfect 70 degrees. And I mean, the humidity's always great. Eve's hair always looks good. I mean, no frizzy hair because of the humidity. All right, I mean, it's it's a wonderful place. There's every good thing they could imagine all around that place. They've got peach trees. They've got apple trees. They've got plum trees. They've got grape trees. They've got banana trees. But in the middle of that garden, they've got one tree. And that's the only tree that they can't eat of. It's the Twix tree. And Eve's sitting up there, and, and I mean, every once in a while, Eve's eyes go to the two, and Adam says, wait a minute, Eve, the Bible says we're not supposed to eat the, the, the bad fruit. Do you understand that? They have their devotions in the morning. And Adam says, now remember, remember what God said to us. It's God's Word. Do you believe it's God's Word? Yes. Look around. Look at everything. Do you believe God? I believe God created all this. Do you believe we're God's children? I believe we're God's children. Do you believe we ought to obey God? I believe we ought to obey God. Well, if you believe we ought to obey God and you believe we're God's children, then you ought to remember we ought to never eat that fruit. Yeah, oh, I got it, Adam. I can see Eve singing in church, can't you? My chains are gone. I've been set free. I won't eat fruit from that bad tree. And like a dove, my taste buds flee. Unending love. Ah, oh, wicked tree. I mean, and everybody said, and, and all the whole church said, I mean, they're excited. I mean, I can see, I mean, I can see him preaching. And, and, and Adam said, listen, I'm going to tell you what, as long as I've got breath, I'm going to preach against it. As long as I got fists, I'm going to punch that bad tree. As long as I got feet, I'm going to kick that bad tree. As, and when I'm old and I can't walk and I can't talk anymore and I don't have any teeth in my mouth, I'm going to gum it to death. God doesn't want you to eat that bad tree. God's people may oh, not eat that bad tree. Hollywood may like the bad tree, but we don't. Billy Eilish may sing about the bad tree, but we won't. Bless God, Marina Lambert may want the bad tree, but we don't. We're Christian people. We don't mess with that bad tree. Don't ever mess with that bad tree. So I'll kill you. And I mean, Adam came down from the pulpit. He said, you better listen to me. You're a Christian. We better be bold. You're the next link in the chain. If the chain's not going to break, you better not. If you eat that, the link's going to break. There's a, there's a heritage behind you. There's a future in front of you. God's got you in the middle. Some crazy preacher grabbed a trash can and said, bless God, that bad tree. Now who's stand? Now who's stand? I mean, I could see him sweating, slobbering, spitting, hollering, shouting, jumping, amening. Why? Because that bad tree, God said it's bad. God said it's bad. God said it's bad. Everybody with me? And Eve heard all that. Right? Matter of fact, Eve heard it, I mean, directly from God. That's more powerful than any preacher. And I could just see, and Eve's like, Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Double amen, hallelujah. I'm going to post something on Facebook about it. Because like, I agree. I will never, ever, 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 in God's name, eat the bad fruit. Let's just play a little music about it. Get my jam on for Jesus. I can't just see her. I mean, and I don't even believe me. I mean, she was, obviously, she's 
good. She's like, I don't want that. It's just crazy. But guess what? She ate it. Think about that. You know, by the way, before you get all like, that was so dumb, man. I would never do that. We sin every day. Not enough of y'all said amen. Excuse me. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody better, what am I talking to? A bunch of, man, y'all need to be preaching, not me. We sin every day. We struggle every day. So don't look at me like, oh, I would never eat that fruit. My goodness gracious. We sit in here, preachers hollering and shouting, you know, amen, and, and we go out, what do we do? The very thing we said we wouldn't do. I can see, I can see Eve at the altar, don't you? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, help, I'm not even getting close to it, ew. Help me never eat the fruit. I, I don't want to be tempted by the fruit. I watched a TV program the other day about it, and I, I'm sorry, Lord, and I'll never do it. Can't you, I mean, she did. Now, you say, well, well, Brother Fireman, that's depressing. Did you come all the way from Georgia, drive all the way up here, just to tell us about a sad story about Eve eating the fruit, and then, oh, you're going to send us home? Thank you. Now, let me tell you what Eve should have done. Eve got it that morning, okay? Eve's like, all right, Eve, remember the commandment. Yeah, I remember. It's like one commandment, okay? You've told it to me every day. We preach about it every Sunday. I got it. I memorized it. And how many of you know memorizing what God wants you to do and doesn't want you to do won't keep you from doing it or not doing it? Okay, so she gets up. Now, here's what Eve should have done. You ready? What does God not want her to do? God does not want her to eat the bad fruit, right? So Eve gets up that morning. You ready? Here's what she does. You ready? Watch this. Watch this. Eve gets up. I don't want to eat the bad fruit, right? Now, how many of you in your mind, I want you to think right now, I want you to think, okay, the preacher is giving an illustration. Bad fruit on the stage represents you fill in the blank in your life. How many of you got the blank? I'm not going to ask you to share it, but how many of you in your mind, you're thinking, okay, yeah, I know what I struggle with. You with me? Okay, now watch. You watching Eve? You ready? She does not want to do it, okay? Watch this. Here's what she does. I don't want that. But my rebellious heart wants that. You with me? So here's what I'm going to do. All right? I'm going to go over here. Wow. Looky here. What do we have here? Oh, my goodness. It's a peach. Wow. It's ripe. It's from God. It's good. God gave it to me. It's like from heaven. I couldn't make one of these if I wanted to. Wow. Oh man. That's good. Kind of gets the juices. Oh wow. What's this thing called again? What are you called? Peach. A peach. Okay. Wow. That's really good. I'm enjoying it. You know, I didn't think I would like the youth activity at Gateway. But once I got here, I started eating it. I liked it. I didn't think I liked Christian music, but once Brother Zach started singing that song, I liked it. I thought everybody that went to church was weird, and most of them are. But... The one I sat beside was pretty cool. I, I mean, we got along pretty good. That's really good. Well, what else does God have for me? Oh my goodness, what are, what are you? 
You're an apple? Oh, wow. Shiny. Thank you. This is another good fruit. Wow. You're a little sweeter than the peach. That's great. Man. Mm. I'll come back and see you later. I'm staying away from that. What are you? A plum? Wow. That's really nice. I love this message, by the way. Wow, you got a little thing to you. My, an explosion. That was really good. Oh, man, I'm getting full. A good fruit. I'm like, I'm filling up. What are you? Oh, oh, wow. Look at these little bundles of joy. Little explosions of goodness. Seedless. Wow. What factory did you come from? Mm. That's really good. You did a good job, little buddy. (laughs) Ooh, yellow. I haven't had a yellow one yet. I saw a monkey do this, though. Let's see here. Wow. Mmm. Different taste. Goodness. That's good. You did a good job. Oh, man. You with me? Excuse me while I talk with my mouth full. The devil comes up. Hey, Eve. Want to try Twix? I know you like it. Everybody likes it. They're all talking about it. You read about it all the time on social. You want to try it? Not really. Now I'm so full I could pop. (laughs) I wouldn't want to eat that thing. If it was the last thing on earth, I'm so full of all this good fruit. I don't want the bad fruit. And what hours and hours and hours of preaching and hours and hours and hours of memorization and all what that couldn't do. Being filled with the good fruit did. Look, look at look at First Corinthians 15. Look at it. Look at verse 34. How many of you got it? Say amen. Awake to what? And what? Sin not. If you want, if you want to sin not. Awake to righteousness. What did Daniel say in Daniel 4? He said, break off thy sins by righteousness. What did James say? Every man is tempted when he is drawn away. Don't ever get drawn away from the good fruit. And you won't eat the bad fruit. Don't ever, listen. People say, well, I'm struggling with, I struggle. I was talking to a, a teenager this, this week in our church. And, and, uh, he's struggling. He, you pray for him. He's going through some things. And he's a good kid. And he's like, oh, brother Pyman, I just get these bad thoughts. And I try not to think them. And I was sitting there thinking, have you ever tried not to think a bad thought? I mean, really, have you ever tried? You're like, okay, I am not going to think this bad thought. And it comes, right? And you can even pray about it. You say, okay, Lord, help me not think the bad thought. And while you are praying. Is that just me or is that y'all? How do you not think a bad thought? Think a good thought. 
Fill your mind with good and your mind won't be filled with bad. Now, you say, well, Brother Father, what I struggle with is bad friends. And I mean, like, I don't really ask for them. I try to avoid but it's like, I just can't help it. I've got all these bad friends. You know how to get rid of bad friends? Get you some good friends. If you're surrounded by good friends, you can't be surrounded by bad friends. If you're filled with good thoughts, you can't be filled with bad thoughts. Okay. Thank you, fruit trees. Let's give a big hand. I appreciate that. Y'all can go back. Twix, it's all yours. You can have it. I don't want it. I'm filled with good fruit, man. I don't want the bad fruit. Enjoy it. Y'all remember Noah? Now, think about Noah. Noah Noah lived, Noah preached for 120 years and lived in the most wicked day. And I believe Noah's day was even more wicked than ours because God hasn't judged the earth like he judged it in Noah's day. Yet, he will. But Noah did that, and Noah had raised his family. Noah served God for all those years. Noah did wonderful and, 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 and built the ark and, and saved his family. No scandal. And you know what happened? As soon as Noah got off the boat, he sinned. Noah, Noah, Noah quit building. Noah quit serving. Noah's calendar, Noah's, Noah's schedule was no longer filled with like, wake up this morning, and build some, put some blanks on the boat, make sure everything's watertight, make sure you get some food for the animals. And he did that for 120 years. He served, he served, he served. He, he just, good, good, doing God's will, doing God's will. And the day he stopped doing God's will, the Bible says that he got, he got drunk and sinned. I mean, listen, never stop serving God. Never stop, never stop living for the Lord. And, and now I'm just going to tell you something. People say, oh, look at Brother Plowman, you're serving God. You're... Listen, you know what? You know one of the things I do? I just stay busy. I, feel, I, 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 I want to find Christ. I want to do God's will. I want to do God's perfect will in my life. And, and I just I strive to do it. And I say, Lord, fill my day, fill my schedule, fill my mind, fill my heart, fill my soul. Lord, let me be filled with the Spirit. Let me be filled with you. Let me be filled with your will. Let me do what you want me to do today. And when I'm doing what God wants me to do, I don't do what the devil wants me to do. I, mean, I want to help some of you. Some of you are good. You're like, man, that's, I don't want to do certain things. Fill your life with good things. Don't ever stop doing right and you won't start doing wrong. Get busy for God. Live for the Lord. Hey, David. David is a great guy. David, I mean, you think about David. That, that guy, my lands, went down to the valley, fought Goliath, served God. The Bible says that in those days, the armies would come home in the winter, and David, he, he always carried Goliath's sword. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, think about having Goliath's sword. You just walk in, it's like, what kind of sword is that? It came from Goliath. I took it from him and cut his head off with it. And David took that big sword of Goliath, and I could see it. If it were me, I'd hang it over my fireplace, wouldn't you? Hang it over the fireplace. And David kicked back. And that all winter long, David sat there by the fireplace. And the Bible says that came time that kings go forth to war. It's time for David to go to battle. And the Bible says that that particular spring, David got up. And I can see David. He's an older guy. Are y'all with me? And David gets up and he's like, oh, my back hurts. Oh, my knees hurt. Oh, bursitis in my shoulder. And can't you just see those, those hands of David? They were probably all scarred up and knocked a Philistine in the head a time or two, right? And he reaches up and that old shoulder goes, that old back sore. And he reaches up to get that sword of David. It's heavier than it's ever been. And you know what David does? He puts the sword back and he sits down and says, I'm not going to fight anymore. And that's the very season 
that he saw Bathsheba and committed his sin. You see, when you stop doing right, that opens the door for you to do wrong. I'm trying to help some of you young people. You're like, okay, okay, I want to serve God. Hey man, brother Polly's message, my goodness. It, it was, it was speaking to my heart about how God wants me to uh, be the future and God wants me to, to take the, be the link and God wants me to carry the torch and, and I want to do that, brother Polly. But I got to be honest with you. I've been to the altar before and told God I want to do that. And it seems like I just thought, what's the, what's the problem? And the problem is that you have to learn that the key to victory is replacement. The key to doing God's will is to never stop doing God's will. And the key to not doing wrong is to never stop doing right. And, the, and David found that out the hard way. Don't quit fighting. When some of you go to school this year, you know the greatest thing you can do the very first day of school, and I, I mean, uh, I understand the greatest thing you can do is to have a testimony for Christ. Have your Bible. Share the gospel. Jesus said, don't be ashamed of me or of my word. Romans 1 says, don't be ashamed of the gospel. I mean, listen, be bold for God. Never quit fighting. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You keep memorizing scripture and you keep singing the songs of God and you keep attending church and you keep having your devotions and you keep sharing the gospel with people. You keep doing right and you won't start doing wrong. David heard of plenty. Thou shalt not. But wonder if he had heard a sermon that day on you need to be in the battle. Eve heard plenty. Thou shalt not eat. But I wonder if she had heard thou shalt, thou shalt eat good fruit. Noah heard many sermons, but, but Noah quit, quit fighting or quit serving. David quit fighting. Noah needed to hear, thou shalt build. Don't ever stop building. Don't ever stop fighting. Don't ever stop eating good fruit. Man, when you get up in the morning, uh, I love that testimony Brother Polly gave about the young girl that listened to the podcast on her way to school. And whether you're driving in your car, or your mom and dad's car, or riding a bus, or whatever you may do, man, get up in the morning and, and, and put the Word of God. Eat the good fruit. Read the Bible. Eat the good fruit. Listen to a spiritual podcast. Eat the good fruit. Be sure to be at church on Sunday morning for Sunday school. Somebody say amen. amen. For Sunday school. Amen. Don't be too cool for Sunday school. Go get you some good fruit Sunday morning and then listen to the preaching and don't sit around looking on your phone on Sunday morning. Don't sit around on your phone on Sunday morning and listen to the Word of God and go back to church on Sunday night and be at church on Wednesday night and share the gospel throughout the week and pray every day and pray in the morning and pray in the evening when you go to bed and just keep putting that good fruit in your life, filling up with the good fruit, filling up with the good fruit, going on youth activities, praying with your friends, witnessing with your friends. Telling the people about Jesus. Filling your life with good fruit. And you fill your life with enough good fruit. You, you won't have time for the bad fruit. Um, think good thoughts. You won't think bad thoughts. Tell the truth. And you won't tell lies. Listen to good music and you won't listen to bad music. Hey, youth workers, always love your wife and you'll never quit loving your wife. Have good friends and hang out with good friends. You won't hang out with bad friends. Obey your parents and you won't be disobedient to your parents. Go to good places and you won't go to bad places. I'll just tell you this. 
I'm not spiritual enough to quit doing good. I pastored the same place 17 and a half years. And I'll tell you how it always starts. It always starts where people stop doing good. It's the most dangerous thing you can do. Because there's no, it never ends. It never ends. Do you remember Thomas? They call him Doubting Thomas. <laughs> and Doubting Thomas is the guy that said, except I see the prince in his hands and trust my hand in his side, I won't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And you know where that all started? They were having church on Sunday night and Thomas wasn't at church on Sunday night. He missed the Lord. See, when you stop doing what you know is right to do, you're opening yourself up. But if you'll never stop, if you'll never stop, that's the secret. You know when, you know where, how, you remember the story of the prodigal? Remember the prodigal wound up in the hog pen? Remember that story? Sad. But you know where it all started? He was there in his father's house and he said, I'm leaving the father's house. I'm leaving the place where God's put me. And when he left the good place, he wound up in the bad place. If he'd have never left, he'd have never wound up there. I, uh, I want to encourage you. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up with my grandparents. And um, I'm going to give you two illustrations. And I'll be done. I grew up with my grandparents for the first six or seven years of my life. I lived with my grandparents. And uh, my granddad was my hero. My granddad fought in World War II. My granddad fought in Korea. I mean, he was, he was awesome to me. I love my granddad. He's a soldier, Navy man. And I looked up to my granddad, and I want to do everything my granddad did. I mean, it was weird. I was like, you know, I was a little kid. I was five or six. My granddad wore suspenders. I said, Grandma, I want me a pair of suspenders. I was the dorkiest kid. Can you imagine me walking around with suspenders? I had red suspenders like my granddad. I mean, whatever shoes my granddad had, I wanted those kinds of shoes. My granddad always had a pocket knife. I was like five years old with a pocket knife, you know, cutting my fingers off and stuff. Didn't matter what my granddad did, I wanted to be like my granddad. I wanted glasses. I even went to the barber and said, can you cut me out a bald spot right there in my head? I want to be like my granddad. <laughs> and my granddad, he, every day, he did the same thing every day. He has like a schedule, like a tick, 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 tick. And he ate breakfast the same time. He ate lunch the same time. He ate supper at the same time. And he ate the same thing for breakfast every day. He ate eggs and grits. But he ate runny eggs. How many of you know, how many of you like runny eggs? Who likes runny eggs? Y'all are right with God. All right, but when I was a kid, I, I, I used to see my granddad and he would mix those grits and those eggs. Are we far enough south? Y'all still know what grits are? Everybody know? Okay, that's God's manna from heaven. All right, and he would put them on there and he would mix those runny eggs and those grits, put salt and pepper, mix it all up and then eat it. And I'd look at that as a kid. I was going, that's nastier than that hot dog mushed up with hot sauce and but I want to be like my granddad. My granddad said, son, if you'll eat your eggs runny, it'll put hair on your chest. And I thought, man, I want some hair on my chest like my granddad. <laughs> so my grandma, I told my grandma one day, I said, grandma, I want you to make me some runny eggs like grandpa. Now, my grandma was old school. If she cooked it, you ate it. She's like, I'll cook it. But if I cook it, you're going to eat it. I'll eat it, grandma. She cooked me that one runny egg and I put it on there and I looked at it. And that thing, it was just... Just kind of laying there, flopping around. And I took my knife and my fork and I just, and when it opened it, I thought, oh, what have I got myself into? I'm a little five-year-old kid, you know. I'm looking at my dorky wet red suspenders on and I'm thinking, man, I got to eat this egg like my granddad. And my granddad, he started eating. He said, that's as good. 
And I started eating. I said, this is good. Oh, that. This is good. Now I got it down. I started licking on my chest. I said, surely they're going to pop out any minute. I said, granddad, I didn't grow any hair. He said, you got to eat more than one. So the next day I told my grandma, I said, I want two running eggs. She said, if I cook them, you're going to eat them. I said, okay, grandma. She cooked them. I put them in there. I opened them up, and man, they were just, uh, And I started eating. I said, oh, granddad, this is so good. This is so good. And I ate it. Got them down. I said, I'm going to keep doing it. The next day I ate it again. And I ate it again. And I ate it again. And guess what? Now when I order my eggs, guess how I order them? Runny eggs. I like it now. Now, you know what some of you need to do? You need to learn to develop an appetite for the good things of God. I could, can I tell you this? I, I can remember. I got backslidden on God as a teenager when I was a young teen. I can remember this. I was so backslidden. You know what? I hated church. Now, if you ever see me in church now, you're like, I mean, it's like the World Series for me now. But I mean, there was a time in my life when I would go to church and my mom and my dad was like, you going to church, boy. Right, listen, I brought you into this world. I'll take you out and make another one just like you. I don't care. You're going to church. You'll go dead or alive. Which way you want to go? I guess I'll go alive. But boy, I'd sit in church just like this. Man, I'd sit in church like this. I was like, you know, and I'd just, I'd just be fuming. This is the most boring thing in the world. When is going to be done? I didn't like it. They would sing, and I'd say, I'm not going to sing. I don't want to sing. But you know what? Now when I go to church, I love it. It's great. I developed an appetite for the things of God. And you know what? You can develop an appetite for good friends. You can develop an appetite for the Word of God. Hey, read your Bible. There's some of you, you read your Bible and you're like, man, I, I struggle to read my Bible. It's just kind of boring to me. But you know what? If you'll read it and you'll read it and you'll read it, you'll develop an appetite for the Word of God. Filling your life with good things. Second thing, I'll tell you this. Some of you need to rekindle your appetite. You, you had it, but you lost it. There's a time in your life when you love the things of God, but you don't love it anymore. When I was, uh, my son, Jack, when he was younger, he loved McDonald's. And, and, and I mean, it was like he had radar. We could be driving down the interstate. He could see the arches from 10 miles away. And he always said, Donald's, Donald's. And he would just point. And he's the youngest. So guess what? When you're the youngest, what happens? And, and, and I mean, I would say, no. And Austin and Shelby would say, no. And mom would go, he won't eat anything else. He wants his nuggies. He wants his nuggies. And y'all know that's not real chicken, right? Y'all know that. It's like liquefied puree. Squirted in a casing and fried. But he wants his nuggies. And I just to be honest with you, I have a horrible attitude about it. I would say, I, I don't want to go to me. I'm a grown man. Austin don't want to go. Shelby don't want to go. I don't want to go. Little Jack wants to go to McDonald's. So we're going to go to McDonald's. So we go to McDonald's. And I would be like this. I'd be like, I'll tell you what, I'm just not going to order anything. I want to protest. We're going to hunger strike. So everybody order. Jack would get his little nuggies. He's all happy. And I'm over there just fuming. 
I'm an adult man. I don't, I don't eat McDonald's. They advertised a few years ago, real beef hamburgers. I was like, what were y'all making before that? What was that? No. I mean, did y'all, did y'all see that? They're like, real beef. I'm like, better be. I'm just like fuming, raging. This is the dumbest thing in the world. I don't want me. And, uh, and so I'd be sitting over there just, just sitting. I'm hungry though. And I'm raging. I'm hangry, you know, and I'm watching. And, uh, and this guy comes out. He's a grown man like me. Are y'all with me? And I'm like, I'm a grown man. I'm not eating. But this other grown man comes by. He's got this big cheesy smile on his face. He's like, <laughs> and he's got on his tray a double quarter pounder with cheese. A large fry. He substituted the Coke for a milkshake. And by a miracle of God, the milkshake machine was working that day. <laughs> God still moves. And he's smiling. He's like, <laughs> And he walks past me. And when he does, a whiff of the double cheeseburger comes by. I'm like, I start remembering. You know, it's not half bad. Jack's over there dumping his nuggies in the barbecue sauce. I'm like, man, you know that fry. Those fries are pretty good. I'm like, I wonder what that, I'm trying to remember what that milkshake tastes like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll find I'm too cool for McDonald's. I'm too cool. I mean, uh, uh, McDonald's can't satisfy me. I'm a grown man. I need a longhorn ribeye. But that guy's over there just, I'm watching. He bites into that double quarter pounder. It baptizes his hand, you know, just like juicy grease going down. It's just like, he's going, ho, ho, ho. You know, like those people that, that laugh when they eat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? He's like laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going, what's he laughing about? He's just going, oh, oh. So I catch up on one side, mustard on the other. He's just going for it, man. Just grabbing, not one fry at a time. He's like handful on those fries, fisting them. The, the condensation is building up around that milkshake. And I'm like, oh, my lands. About that time, I see his hamburger start talking to me. And like the bread opens up, it's a mouth. And it's like, eat me. <laughs> the little fries jump up on the plate and they're like, eat us too, eat us too, eat us too. And the milkshake comes with the base. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, before long, I go up to the thing and I'm like, please, could you add one more thing to order? I want a double quarter brown cheese, large fries and make it a chocolate milkshake, please, ma'am. And I eat it. And I like it, and it's good, and I'm not, I'm happy, and I'm not too cool for McDonald's anymore. You know, some of you, I mean, seriously, like, when it comes to church, you're like, you, you with me? I'm too cool. Hey, when it comes to like, you know, coming to the altar, you're like, oh man, I'm too cool. When it comes to taking a stand and having a good, clear testimony in your youth group, you're like, that's for somebody else to do. Little Jack's over there with his nuggies having a good time. You know, but listen, listen, if you'll, if you'll, if you'll remember, I, I remember what it was like to love Jesus. And then I remember what it's like to be cold. And I remember when I got back. And I'm telling you, rekindle that appetite. Look, I'll close with this. Harry Houdini 
was a, one of the most famous men in his day, Harry Houdini. And he was like the, the movie star of his day. Everybody knew him. And Harry Houdini, um, he did crazy things. Like he would let people put him in a straitjacket, handcuff his hands behind his back, drop him in water, and then he would get out. He was an escape artist. Another cool thing he did is he had, he developed his, his abdomen, his stomach muscles. He would let any grown man punch him in the stomach. Didn't matter how strong it was. And he would let him punch him. And that's eventually how he died. One guy punched him so hard it, it messed him up. But he let thousands of grown men. Can you imagine that? Biggest grown man in the crowd. You come punch me in the stomach. But he was an amazing guy. And the one thing that Harry Houdini did is that Whenever he went to a new town, he would go to their jail and say, I want you to lock me in your jail, and in 10 minutes, I'll be out of your jail. I'll break out of here. And he knew every lock. He knew how to, get, he knew how to pick them. And he would, in, in 10 minutes, there wasn't a jail that ever kept him locked in. In fact, he had a bet. He said, if I can't get out of your jail, I'll give you $10,000. And he would have the newspaper people there, and they'd all show up with their cameras. Ooh, he's doing it. And he'd get out every time. He could escape any lock. So he was in this town in England, and they said, we want you to come try to get out of our jail. And he said, listen, I I go to the big cities. I go to London. I go to New York. I go to L.A. Your little old lock is not going to keep me in. This is a little rinky-dink jail. They said, sir, we want to try. He said, man, I own that lock. I have that lock in my studio. I practice on that. It won't take me two minutes. I'll be out. They said, we want you here anyways. So he showed up. He got there in the newspaper. They took his picture. Famous Harry Houdini. He walks in there. They shut the door and they start the timer. Click. Time starts clicking. Harry Houdini, he gets his little tool out. He's working on it. He's like, oh, something's weird about this. He works a minute, two minutes. They said, we thought you said two minutes. He said, oh, be patient. He works, he works. Finally, after about five minutes, he's sweating. He's like, man, this is getting harder than I thought. Six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes. Click. Your time's up, sir. You didn't get out. He throws his hands up. He said, I give up. They walk over there and grab the door and they just open it. You can't pick a lock that's not locked. Now look at me. You know, some of you and some of us in the Christian life, you know, we try to make it so hard. We struggle and we struggle. But can I tell you what the secret is? Just do right. It's like some of you, you know what commitment you need to make? You just need to say, God, I'm going to be in church every, every Sunday this year. God, I'm going to be a witness at school this year. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to have good friends around me this year. And you commit to doing right. Develop an appetite. Rekindle your appetite. Let's